episode number 12, I want to say. So we are making our way deep into the double digits. I'm, you know, I haven't been necessarily quote unquote weekly with my releases. However, I, I believe I put two out in one week recently. So I'm really trying to focus on making sure that I am providing continuous content for you guys to keep you interested. Speaking of keeping you interested, I would like to acknowledge that I am officially international. That's right. I have listeners in a variety of other countries. The number one country, other than the United States, that is giving listenership to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast is Germany, which kind of makes sense. My last name is Schaefer. I'm very German. Uh, I do have Polish in me, and it's killing me. Take it out! Um, No, I have Polish in me, Irish in me, um, but obviously with the last name of Schaefer, that's very German. However, nothing in the advertising or the marketing of the show indicates my last name, so I assume they're just stumbling onto it, and, and apparently Germans tend to like what I have to say more so than some of the other countries that are listening. But I do want to give shout-outs to all these other countries. So without further ado, I want to give special thanks to, yes, Germany, as I mentioned, Ireland comes number two with the uh, other countries that are, are listening. Belgium, Malaysia, Singapore, Canada, and France are wiping up the rear with the least amount of listens, but that almost makes sense because Canada is kind of French. They might disagree with that, but, I mean, they speak French in many of the provinces in Canada, so, like, predominantly, I would say that they are comparable, at least from a sensibility perspective, or rather, what they like in their entertainment. But all that to say, I do want to thank all of my listeners, you know, tons of cities across the country, um, but it's nice to see that I've, I've now started to infect other countries as well. I want to make sure that I recognize that I see that in the stats. So now that I have, you know, gotten my thank yous out of the way, you know, in the early infancy of this show, which I am still in, you know, I do appreciate the fact that it is spreading without, you know, really, that has to be organic. I don't know how these people are finding or listening to the podcast otherwise, because I sure as hell am not promoting this internationally. So when I started the podcast, my intent, as I've discussed, is to have a more lighthearted, comedic podcast. The world is already fucked up enough. I think adding some brevity and adding some humor to just any potential topic or situation is is what we need much more of. That said, I do know that many of my podcasts come across as just me ranting with a little bit of comedic aspects, whether it's me adding sound effects or soundtracks or things like that. I don't want it to be a show where I'm just bitching about stuff or ranting about things. And so I want to apologize if some of my shows have not been as lighthearted as I want them to be. So here's what I'm going to do moving forward. I I don't necessarily want to put this podcast in the bucket of comedy. I don't want to say this is a comedy podcast. I am always going to focus on trying to make it as lighthearted and as humorous as possible. Because, again, the world needs more of that. However, you know, while I've done stand-up comedy and am, you know, for the first time in almost 20 years writing 
comedy again to potentially perform, uh, the the podcast is completely different because I, I don't really have a lot of, I don't have anything scripted. Um, occasionally, I'll do a little bit of research. I'll have a, a few bullet points or notes or things to kind of keep myself on topic or to remind myself about specific, you know, historical information that I don't want to memorize. But a podcast, I mean, in this situation, it's just me sitting in a room. I discussed this, I believe, on the very first episode. And, you know, imagine how difficult that is. It's, it's, and again, I'm not saying this is rocket science. Don't get me wrong. However, if I were to put the majority of you in front of a microphone and say, all right, here you go, talk for 30 minutes, make it as entertaining as possible. And I do think that sometimes my rants and my anger, I do think that's entertaining. The problem is, is when that is the majority of the show, it doesn't come across as comedic or entertaining. It just comes across as angry. So I want to really focus on lightening the mood. Maybe I need to focus on my tone. Maybe I don't need to talk so loud or talk so fast, but at the same time, that is who I am, and that is what this show is. Jeff becomes Jeff. But again, talking into a microphone by myself, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. So another thing moving forward that I'm going to make a more concerted effort in doing, I'm not going to let it hold the show up, but I do want to start having guests on the show. Yay! You know, ideally, I'd like to find people who are somewhat comedic-minded, if not maybe local stand-up comics. You know, people who I know, even if I don't have a rapport or chemistry with them, that I can sit them down and we can bullshit back and forth and they can help make something funny. And you know what? They can make me laugh. I can make them laugh. And, and hearing laughter is, is often more funny than hearing the joke itself. Prior to doing Jeff Becomes Jeff, I was I did 30-some episodes of a podcast uh, with a guy in Nashville, and we talked about very similar things to what I discuss on Jeff Becomes Jeff, but the thing was is between the two of us, you know, we were able to pick at each other or make fun of each other or make fun of each other's point of view, but there was a lot of laughter, and that goes a long way. It's, it's like, you know, plugging the laugh track in the TV shows. They did that because they want you to know where the punchline is because they assume you are too stupid to know when to laugh. It's kind of like the way Coors Light puts the, you know, blue mountains on their bottles and stuff to let you know that it's cold. You're too stupid to know that you're holding a cold beer in your hand, so we're going to indicate it with colors. But all that to say that I promise you I'm going to really focus on trying to be, you know, even if it's not comedic or funny, maybe be a little less fired up, a little less uh, rampage-like in my delivery and the things that I discuss on the podcast. I, I know it's going to happen. I know I get pissed off and irritated by things enough on a regular basis. And that's, you know, this is my platform to talk about those things. So I'm not going to stop myself from discussing them. Um, but hopefully, you know, moving forward, uh, I could do that with a more lighthearted approach. And, and that's going to be better for me in the long run as well, because I shouldn't be walking around being pissed off by stuff. Actually, the majority of the time, the majority of my life, I'm actually very kind of laid back and chill. It just depends on the situation I'm in. 
I, I actually recorded a podcast, an entire podcast that I said I can't release this because it was just me being angry. And I'll I'll give you a quick synopsis of it so you understand. There is a pizza place in Central Ohio where I'm from and where I live called Natalie's, and recently they made headlines by essentially saying that they were now going to require proof of vaccination if you wanted to be a patron in their restaurant. Now, of course, they made headlines because nobody's really taken it to that step yet, not even like grocery stores. Now, I don't really know anything about Natalie's. I've never been to their establishment. I've never had their pizza. But I will tell you that once I heard that, I could not stop being angry about it because of the absolute intrusion and the self-importance that they present by saying, our establishment is so important that we're going to require medical documentation for you to enjoy our delicious pizza. And you know what? I don't even want to use the word delicious because it might be hot shit. I don't know. And as a matter of fact, I assure you, I will never know what their pizza tastes like because Natalie's will never get my business for taking such a bullshit stance. Look, I understand people are worried about the Delta variant and all that stuff, but what happened to masks? Why can't you just say, you know what, we're going back to masks at Natalie's. If you want to come in, you have to wear a mask. Then at least you're still not segregating people. You're not saying these are a certain type of people who are allowed in my establishment, and these are a certain type of people that aren't. Does that sound familiar to anyone, i.e., oh, I don't know, black America for a lot of the last hundred years. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Jews in World War II. So the fact that they went so far to take that stance, I know it was bullshit. It was for the headline. They wanted to get in the media. It was free press. It was free advertising. And of course, all the hardcore people that for some reason now are fighting, fighting to uphold what the government wants which boggles my mind. I mean, our country has always been kind of the opposite of that. It's it's kind of two factions with the two-party system, which is bullshit. But the fact that we now have so many people in this country just telling people, you're a fucking idiot if you don't do what the government tells you to do. Are you kidding me? Is this still America? Because it doesn't sound like it. So, you know, I kind of ranted about that for... Oh, about 30 minutes. Uh, I believe the title of the podcast was going to be Natalie's Go Fuck Yourself. I decided not to produce and release that episode because it was just too inflammatory. It was too enraged. It was just me fucking angry and bitching about something that was so under my skin for such a long period of time that I'm like, I have to get this out and talk about it. And it's so difficult to talk to people nowadays. You're either going to talk to someone who totally agrees with you or you're going to talk to someone who totally disagrees with you. You're not, you know, going to actually be able to have that venting where maybe it creates discussion. That's where you kind of start to feel better about venting. It's not like we just need to get shit out. We want to be able to discuss it, but you can't really have a discussion. You know, if you walk up to somebody who loves cheesecake and you go, oh my God, dude cheesecake is delicious they're gonna go oh i know there that's not a discussion i mean you could you know discuss the different types of cheesecake and now you're basically just you know bubba gump shrimp stew shrimp cabal 
Alternately, you could go up to someone who hates cheesecake and say, oh my God, cheesecake is the best. And they'll be like, oh my God, the smell of it makes me want to throw up. Again, you're not going to have a discussion with that person because it's not like you're going to sway them. All of a sudden, not only does the smell not make them sick, but they like and love the taste of it and the texture. So we've lost a lot of opportunity for discussions in this modern society because everybody is so one side or the other on everything. Everyone wants to think we're the land of opportunity, we're the land of free speech, we're the land of open-mindedness. Not so. I guarantee you there are some European countries, maybe perhaps some of the ones who have been listening to Jeff Becomes Jeff, but I guarantee you there are European countries who have a much more balanced idea and philosophy on life in general, and they're not bogged down with political parties and and just this 50-50. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the whole world is completely fucked at this point. I don't know. I don't live there, but I'm telling you, it can't get much worse in this country than it is right now. Boy, maybe I should knock on wood. So change of subject. The early part of my week was not too great. Uh, My old toothless cat, Polly, died of old age and natural causes on Sunday afternoon. That would have been August 15th. Now, I knew it was coming, you know, even for months. As a matter of fact, a week, not even a week before she died, I texted my daughter who doesn't live at my house anymore. She's an adult. um, And I said, you may want to come visit Polly. I don't know how long she has. She was just starting to exhibit signs of, of wearing down. I really didn't want to take her in and have her put to sleep. She just was a small cat. She had been losing weight because of, you know, just old age and nearing death. I didn't want a needle going into, like, her leg that I knew she would feel in a sterile, cold environment. I'm like, you know what? If she can just die peacefully at home, that's what I want. You know, selfishly, I also had to put a dog to sleep in December of 2019. I had to pull the plug on my father on August 27th, which uh, the one-year anniversary is coming up here in just a week or so. I'm done playing God. I'm done feeling like I'm responsible for the deaths of people or pets that I love. Obviously, if I would have thought that she was suffering or anything like that, I would have taken her to the vet. My selfishness would not have extended that far. However, Saturday morning, uh, she just really uh, showed signs of decline, and I put her in a comfortable spot that she basically did not move from for 19 hours until she passed. And and she was loved on the whole time um, and always talked to. I slept right by her side. This is, again, so uplifting. Thank you, Jeff, for telling us your story about your dying cat. I'm going to go ahead and switch off the podcast now and go watch a classic comedy like Terms of Endearment. But I wanted to bring this up because, you know, death has weighed heavily on my mind in the last year and a half plus. Since the very end of, of November 2019, I've lost a grandma, a dog, a best friend, a dad, a stepdad, and now a cat. So it's just constantly, just when I thought I was getting away from, you know, the grieving period that I went through last year, then all this stuff happens with Polly. But I'm bringing this up because during this period of time where I've experienced a a dramatic amount of loss, 
it's caused me to reflect and and think about death and life and things like that. And it was, you know, very interesting. I've I've had pets put to sleep in the past. I've never had a pet die over a what feels like a forever, you know, it was a, a day and a half, um, die of natural causes for those 19 hours that she didn't really move. I mean, she would try and lift her head. She would respond, you know, verbally a little bit when I would pet her and sing to her or, or whatever, but she was just so calm and so peaceful. It was really just a matter of waiting for her body to understand that it didn't have any more left in it. All the other systems had shut down because when it boils down to it, there's there's two primary things that a body needs in order to live. That is the heart and the lungs. Without those two things functioning, a body cannot live. A kidney can shut down. Someone or an animal could be brain dead. It doesn't mean that their body is going to cease to be as long as the heart and the lungs continue to function. Really, what, what what I was witnessing was, you know, Polly's you know body was shutting down in every other way, but her heart and her lungs had gotten it to a point where it was like, you know what, we're just going to make sure that we work. That's why she wasn't working. She wasn't really a cat at that point, but she wasn't she wasn't afraid. Um, you know, cats, dogs, every other creature. I mean, I can't speak for like monkeys or dolphins who have a much higher intelligence than other animals and are, you know, more on the level of human beings. Honestly, I don't really know how smart a dolphin is. I've just heard that. They may be clever in certain regards, like just because you can figure out a Rubik's Cube, if you can't drive a car or go through a grocery store and follow a list and pick out your own items, is that smart or is that peculiar? I don't know. And now I'm not saying dolphins can solve a, a Rubik's Cube. I, I'm not saying I know anything about dolphins. That's my point. What I'm trying to say is that animals in general, they don't understand mortality. You know, as humans, we look at the idea that we have free will and all of this, you know, communication with, with words and writing and historical documents and things like that, that's what separates us from these animals. But also what separates us is that fear of death because we understand we are going to die. And, you know, watching Polly so peacefully but slowly slip out of this world, it just further reminds me how stupid it is that death is so greatly feared amongst humans. Yes, we understand that death is going to happen, but that's kind of my argument. If something you know is going to happen, like the only thing in every single human life that we are certain is going to happen is death. Yet it is the thing that people are most afraid of. They are most afraid of certainty. It's it's not the uncertainty. That's kind of weird, don't you think? I mean, you look at, you know, horror movies, and, and horror movies typically will be things that would never happen to you. Like being chopped up in a barn with a machete or ghosts, you know, terrorizing you in your home, which I'm going to be honest with you, not a whole lot of documentation on ghosts with all of the recording and scientific equipment we have today. There's still really no proof 
of ghosts or an afterlife, not to the extent that you would have in any of these movies. Obviously, you have eyewitness accounts and things like that, but these people could be just fucked up in the head or the, the mind can work in weird ways to make you think you're seeing or hearing or even doing something that you're not. But I think it's very weird that, you know, in horror movies or, you know, whether it's uh, like a haunted house at Halloween time that you go to, everyone is terrified of all of these things that are really inconsequential and unrealistic. When do you plan on running into a bloody hillbilly with half his face missing and chasing you with a chainsaw? When, when do you think that's going to happen in your life? I would say the likelihood is pretty low. You know, given the logic that I'm discussing right now, it would make more sense that, say, a movie about someone dying of cancer, that would be considered a drama, you know, in this day and age from a movie genre perspective. But if everyone is so afraid of dying and so afraid of disease, why wouldn't that be a horror movie? Why wouldn't uh, what we call horror movies be called fantasy? Because it's so unlikely to happen. I just find it very strange what human minds, as advanced as we are over all of the other animals, that we spend and waste so much time in our lives being afraid of death or planning for death, it's going to happen. We're all going to die. It is the number one guarantee. You know, people say, you know, if you probably asked the majority of people around the world, despite their their faith, despite their political beliefs, what would be the number one question you would want answered? They would say, the meaning of life. I want to know, you know what my purpose is. What's the meaning of life? It would have something to do with that. It wouldn't be, you know what? I'm really curious what the secret recipe is for KFC. Those uh, herbs and spices, they've been baffling me for decades. And uh, no, meaning of life? No, I don't give a shit about that. But the herbs and spices, please tell me. But, you know, that's a constant thing that people, like, spend their whole lives trying to find the meaning of life. I'm quite convinced there is no meaning to life per se, you know, and if you want to know what your purpose is, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you the answer right now. You ready? Your purpose is to die. A purpose is basically something that occurs that was meant to occur and will occur. That's a purpose. Your purpose isn't to be the best salesman, you know, for Blue Cross Blue Shield with your health insurance. Salesman of the year, three years running. I believe this is my purpose. No, it's not your purpose. It's just something you're doing to help pay your bills and help pass the time. Your purpose is to die. And there's nothing wrong with that. We are cyclical. The world is cyclical. No one gives a shit about swatting a mosquito on your arm that is sucking the blood out of you and is going to leave a big itchy welt. Fuck that mosquito. Smack. Now, all of a sudden with a cat, it's kind of like a family member. You've loved it. It's loved you. You know, there is pain. There is loss. But is it to the same scale of a fellow human being, like say a father or a stepfather or a grandma. For some people it is, but I would say for most people, a human family member dying is going to have a much more significant impact than a pet dying. And, you know, speaking of people 
and pets dying, like, you know, funerals and, and things like that are also kind of odd. So Polly, I dropped her body off uh, at the vet on Monday because they were closed on Sunday. So I had to put her in a little box and I drew little pretty pictures on the box and I, I sent her out well. Um, you know, they asked me, do you want her ashes? And I said, no, I don't want her ashes. I don't, I don't need burnt ashy remains of my pet's body. That does nothing for me. I'm totally baffled by people who you might as well have, you'd be better off stuffing your loved one and putting them up on your mantle. What the ashes are like, well, you know what? I I didn't want to see your body anymore. So I went ahead and put you in a fire and now I'm just going to keep the remnants of those ashes. And for all I know, these ashes aren't yours. I mean, how, how do you identify that? Hey, um, I tasted these ashes and there was uh, there was no sign of Pabst, and my dad was a heavy Pabst drinker. I'm pretty sure you, you gave me the wrong ashes. No one's ever returned ashes saying that you gave me the wrong ashes, because you don't fucking know. It's all in our minds. We, we want to cling on. It's kind of like funerals, where the open casket and, and wanting to get closure. You know, I'm going to say that with Polly, it was very difficult. So when, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I texted my daughter uh, on the Monday before Polly died and said, you know, you might want to come see her this week. So she made plans to come see her on Sunday. She died at 1.30 on Sunday, so we didn't get there until about 2.20. So when Polly died, I texted Zoe and was like, you know, she, she's gone. Um, I can leave her on the love seat when she was really comfy on this little blanket. I said, I can leave her there if you want to say goodbye. And she said she did. So Zoe got there. You know, we had our moment. She petted Polly's body, which is kind of weird. I was doing the same thing, but you're petting a dead body. You wouldn't normally do that. Like if you find a dead cat on the street, you're not going to go, oh, kitty, and scratch its face. But there's this connection you have to the animal. And now all of a sudden, touching a dead body is, is not only weird, but it's a little bit therapeutic. But, you know, Zoe visited and then she left, at which point now I I needed to put Polly's body in the box and and I wrapped her in a cute little Barbie princess towel and put her in the box. And she was unfortunately already, you know, starting to go through rigor mortis where her limbs were were somewhat stiff. So I kind of had to manipulate some legs in her head a little bit to get her into this box. That was difficult. So, and then, you know, she kind of stank a little bit because as you know, when anyone, person, animal dies, everything in their body kind of just comes out both ends and it don't smell that well. So I knew my son was coming home later, but I I was like, you know what? At this point, he doesn't need, I'm not going to leave this body in a state that he can see it like an open casket. I'm not going to do that because it's stanky. It doesn't look like her anymore because of the way she's kind of positioned. It's unnatural. So I taped the box up, but I will say for that next 24 hours until I got to the vet to drop her body off, I would go out into my garage where I had her body in the box and the little drawings that I put on the box and all that. And I would pick up her, her body in the box and I would hold it and I would pet it and I would kiss it and I would talk to her. It's not her. It's not her body. I know that, but it was having the body there. It was difficult for me not to do that. I needed the closure of handing her body off and not having the ability to do that. So when people say I want to see the body at an open casket, that's 
I'm not sure that that's actually the right thing to do. I mean, closure, if you need closure with someone, you need to have that closure while they're alive. You can't have closure after the fact. And even worse, you know, at the average, if not almost every funeral with an open casket, you're not looking at the same person. First off, they're dead. Second, in many cases, you know, organs have been harvested. I mean, it could even be their eyeballs. Who knows? Um, But when you walk up to someone and it's always the same thing at every funeral, it's, oh, did you see how good he looked? He, oh, he looked great. They did a, they did a great job. No, he doesn't look great. He looks like Aunt Margaret at Easter service. I mean, I've never seen him cake with so much makeup. Now, I'm going to be objective. I'm going to say when my dad passed last year, he looked lifelike. I don't want to say he looked great. They did a good enough job with his face that he looked lifelike. Like to the point where during the funeral service, out of the corner of my eye, I would feel like his, his arm would move. And I'm like, what? And I would have to look over at his body again. But... He was also filled with just his body at the end. He'd had all these medical issues where he was so full of fluid, like the suit that I gave them to bury my father in, they could not, they had to cut the entire back of the suit open and you couldn't see it because he's laying in there, but they could not actually get the suit around his body. Like he was... I guess, for lack of better term, very bloated. So it didn't necessarily look like him. He looked lifelike. You know, I want to say great job to my cousin who owns the funeral home. They took lemons and made lemonade. But I will say in most instances, and maybe it is a bias, maybe when you're in such a a level of grief and an emotional state that you want to cling on, just like when I was petting Polly's body. It's like, I know this is a dead cat, even before. I put her in the box before my daughter got there. I, I, I kept petting her and talking to her because I didn't want to let go. But it's just such a weird thing that, you know, if, if you saw a dead cat on the street, you would never touch it. You know, maybe poke it with a stick. I'm kidding. You know, you would never touch a dead cat, even if it was a friend of yours, dead cat, and you showed up. Like if a friend of mine had shown up at my house that I knew was coming over to say, just pick something up really quick, and they got there 15 minutes after Polly died, I wouldn't go, my, my dead cat's over here. You want to give her a little pet? Promise she won't bite. I'm not going to do that because that's fucking weird to the person that really doesn't have that personal emotional contact and experience with the animal or the deceased. It's the same thing with touching a dead body. You know, it's it's very odd. If you don't really, if you go to a funeral, for example, and, and you knew the person, but you didn't know them that well, you're not going to go up and touch that corpse it's weird you're touching a lifeless corpse but i will say that i did kiss my father's forehead as a corpse you know when the ceremony was over and i knew this was it it's the last time i'm gonna see him um look i'm getting a little emotional right now just talking about it i'm just saying i would never even want to touch a corpse of even like my friend Nick, who who passed away at the age of 38 from pancreatic cancer on July 1st of 2020, he did not look like Nick. He he the 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 cancer had deteriorated his body to a point where if I had just been walking by the room for whatever reason and seeing a funeral was happening and a body in there, never would I have thought that was Nick. I wanted to put a hand on him. I just couldn't. It just it it wasn't him. 
So it's just weird. And, I, you know, I'm only bringing all this up because I think it's important for everybody to really think about what's important in life. Don't get bogged down with the stress of fear of death and disease and all of this stuff. It's going to happen. Whether, you know, it's like the the guy who runs five marathons a year and climbs Mount Everest. Yay! And then dies of lung cancer. You know, he never smoked a cigarette in his life. It's shit happens. That is life. Life is death. It is absolutely imminent. We look at our plants, you know, a plant dies and it's like, I guess I don't have a green thumb. You know, an animal dies and and you grieve it, but you, you can move on a little more quickly. Even with people, we grieve it, but we don't celebrate it. Nobody, I believe I mentioned this on my birthdays and holidays episode that, you know, we don't celebrate the death day of of our family members and our loved ones we you know we don't even celebrate their birthday anymore like the celebration stops we just consider it ceased but why are we only celebrating things for the sake of other people's joy and not for the sake of our own because that's a problem everyone needs to focus first and foremost on their own joy and happiness You cannot bring joy and happiness to anyone else if you cannot bring it to yourself. So again, you know, I said to start the episode that I'm going to try and be more lighthearted. I'm going to try and rant less, which I believe there was less ranting. Um, And hopefully maybe I at least modified my tone and my tempo and, and, and my cadence of my speaking in order to not make it sound angry or as angry. That said, I then went on to basically bash uh, and rant a little bit about a local pizza shop, Natalie's Go Fuck Yourself, and then talk about death and the recent death of my cat. So all that to say, I am going to give myself an F on this episode as far as did I even come close to what I'm trying to do with this podcast? I don't think so. I think that's where having guests is going to help. Again, the the ability to bounce something off someone else, the ability to laugh with someone, to laugh at someone, to have someone laugh at you. It's super important. That's what life is all about. That's kind of why I hate social media because it's all so fake. There's like, LOL, really? How many times have you said LOL, typed LOL, unless you're a ha-ha person? They both mean the same thing. But how many times have you typed it that you actually laughed out loud? Almost never. So it's all this fake, we're creating a perception of ourselves and we're presenting a perception of ourselves. We have become marketed products. We've, we've lived in such a world of commercialism and marketing and advertising that we now feel the need to promote and advertise ourselves. But for the most part, no one cares especially in this day and age, because they're all so fucking obsessed with marketing themselves. And if they see you gaining any success, they will be jealous. They may not seem like they're jealous because they want to get on your good side and hope they can piggyback and ride your coattails to their own fucking success, but they really don't want you to succeed, at least not more than them. People need to wake up to the fact and the ideas that, you know, we need to focus on, first and foremost, happiness, humor, laughter, grief, and pain are going to happen whether you want them to or not. You cannot keep them at bay. 
We can control laughter. We can control happiness. We can control our own thoughts and perspectives. We can maybe, you know, look inside your mind and say, do I have any ideas or ideologies that if I had to visualize them, that they're absolutely frozen in ice, like nothing can change it. It is that way and you're not going to change it. I guarantee you most people, that is the majority of their thoughts. They are stuck in this way or belief system. Fucking thaw the ice, people. Let's have some fun. Let's not take life so seriously because we're all going to die. And this has been brought to you by the comedy stylings of Jeff Schaefer. Featured on his next comedy album, We're All Gonna Die. No, I'm just saying accept it. Quit fucking worrying about it. Quit worrying about the death of those around you. It's going to happen. Focus on what you can focus on. That's right now. That is life living. What's the meaning of life? Well, living. What's your purpose? To die. The meaning of life is living. That is, that is That's all it is. Just living, existing, surviving. Do it the best that you can, but do it as positively as you can. You know, be a nice person in general. Like for example, I was leaving Kroger the other day and I, you know, walked past with my cart as did other people. This old man kind of leaning on this, this wooden stand that had planters and things outside the front entrance. He looked like he was kind of in trouble. I didn't know if he was going to collapse or whatever. And at first I'm like, you know what? It's his business. I'm going to walk past and just go to my car just like everyone else did. And I took about two steps into the parking lot with my cart and I looked back and I saw him just really struggling. And now he was looking at one hand that he was holding onto this wooden stand because it was like made out of just fucking two by fours and basic shit with splinters and big wooden shards sticking out. And he was checking his hand for splinters. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I got to say something. I turned around, I went back, and I said, sir, do you need some assistance? And he's like, no, I'm just waiting on my daughter. I mean, the, the guy was ancient. He was, you know, Yoda is like a fucking child compared to this dude. And I'm like, you know, I don't want you getting any splinters. You want me to at least go get you a cart or something that you can hold on to? He's like, no, no, she's pulling up right now. And I kind of, he pointed into the parking lot and there was an SUV coming down and she kind of waved at me like, yes, I'm here. That's, he's with me. So I was like, okay. I mean, I tried and I, you know, started walking into the parking lot, you know, and then a, a black lady who had just parked or was sitting in the parking lot and kind of saw this came running over to me and just, she was so sweet and she thanked me and said, I, you know, I saw thank you for doing that. I was about to hop out of my car and go check on him. So God bless you. I appreciate you. Thank you. And it's like, you know, all I could say was I didn't say you're welcome. I just, every time she said, thank you, I just said, of course, of course, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, we need to have that mentality more. And I think that's what we need to be doing more of is we need to be spreading positivity and understanding. And even when we don't understand, just offer help. And I really think we can turn society around, but I think something has to break first. And that's kind of what I'm worried about. So, boy, F minus on this episode as far as being funny and lighthearted. I'm going to probably start working on making notes for future podcasts so I have something to go on and then I can put a more lighthearted and comedic spin on things that really don't bother me. That's my problem is I keep talking about things that bother me. This this podcast is very therapeutic for me. However, Outside of the people that totally agree with my perspective, it kind of does nothing for everyone else. I do, once again, want to give a shout out to my homies 
in Germany. I, you know, really appreciate all of the other countries and and please spread the word. I don't know, despite being very German, I do not know. I know nine is no. Um, I don't know any other German other than the German word for virgin, which is pronounced Gutentight. But again, a huge shout out to all of my other countries that are tuning in. A huge shout out to all my peeps in the USA. I want to beg all of you in the USA, loosen your ideas. Loosen your ideals. Listen. Discussions. 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 Don't put yourself in a situation where discussion is not an option because it kind of defeats the purpose of just about every human interaction. We need to discuss. We need to talk. It's okay to disagree. And for the love of God, next time you go to a funeral, don't say, oh my God, doesn't she look fantastic? No, she looks fucking dead. And like someone from Sherwin-Williams came in and used a fucking Tammy Faye paint roller to apply the makeup. All right. This one really went off the rails. Hopefully I at least provided some insight as to the direction and the the, the way that I wanna take the podcast. I can't guarantee anything though, and that's kind of the other point is I wanna say, look, that's my hope, but moving forward, I really don't wanna define what this podcast is. I hope I find an audience that just likes listening to my ideas and likes listening to my take on things and embraces that and, and, and kind of spreads that out because really in the end, I really do want people to open their eyes to different things and and just live a happier more open-minded life that's you know i'm not preachy you know but in the end if i can even improve a few mindsets to approach life a little more openly or a little more positively and and maybe laugh at something that you know society tells you is wrong to laugh at but it's just funny you know let's let's quit worrying about what is being dictated to us and let's just, let's have some fun, people. All right, F minus minus, I am moving the grade down. There's nothing below an F, so I have to add the two minuses at this point. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to come back with a topic that I hopefully can make more entertaining, more lighthearted, more comedic. I apologize for all of the ranting and, and the inspirational and angry stuff over the last uh, several episodes. I've been in a weird place over the last year, as, as we've discussed, so I really want to move forward, and hopefully the fact that I'm writing comedy for stand-up now will also kind of give me some inspiration and ideas to move forward. Also, hopefully having guests will help me move forward. If you guys listen to the podcast and you know of anyone that you would like to have as a guest on the show and you want to recommend anyone, again, go to Twitter. You can find me at Jeff Goes Tweet. That's at J-E-F-G-O-E-S Tweet. Jeff Goes Tweet. I'm going to stop rambling now before I get into another topic that has nothing to do with lightheartedness or comedic nature. I thank everyone for listening. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeff. Good night.